I still can't get over what happened last week in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you, despite the fact that we are all in the Big 12 licking our wounds. So, uh, by the way, every Sunday, if you're listening to this on the radio, Every Sunday, we do a week recap uh, podcast. So basically, all the games from Saturday, we recap them fully on a podcast-only special that drops on Sunday. So just search for Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcast because I know we have a lot of radio affiliates that also carry this show. So I'm not going to recap all the games, but now I want to spin this story forward and what it means for the Big 12. And before we get it rolling, I've got that new batch of Heartland College Sports koozies, guys. I've got them. And you can get one for free. Just leave me a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Appreciate that, and uh, appreciate you. Thanks so much. And also, don't forget, we've got free message boards on heartlandcollegesports.com. So go sign up there and join the uh, Big 12 community that you guys are a big part of. Hindsight's always 20-20. But I do believe it's fair to say, looking back on the past six months, that the SEC did it right. The SEC basically said, we're going to have just a conference schedule, and that's it, and nothing more. And that's going to be the extent of it, and away we go. And you know what? I know that we can always say, based on what happened on Saturday, you know, it's easy to say that now in hindsight, but it does make sense. It does make complete sense. For the SEC to say, you know what, we're just doing a conference slate. That's it. Sorry, conference only. Ten games, and that's what the SEC is doing this year. The ACC is also doing a non-conference game like the Big 12. And while it may not have the issues the Big 12 had, uh, there's something to be said for the fact that this offseason was so screwed up. No spring practice. Uh, stop and go during fall camp for some teams more than others. Like Kansas State had to stop fall camp, what, twice? Before it's lost to Arkansas State playing this game earlier than the ACC, right, in many cases. Like Clemson gets started this weekend. A couple of teams did get going last weekend. But still, a little more time for some teams to get, you know, fall camp underway, squeeze in a few more practices and whatnot. And it feels like, in many cases, the Big 12 set itself up for disaster. And, yes, there is some Monday morning quarterbacking going on there. I don't deny that. But when you had uh, Kansas State lose to Arkansas State, when you had – KU get blown out by Coastal Carolina, down 28-0 at one point in that game. Yet Iowa State lose to Louisiana Lafayette. And then he had, which may have been the worst performance of the day, believe it or not, but Texas Tech barely hanging on against an FCS opponent in Houston Baptist, a two-point conversion away from possibly going to overtime. I know they won the game at least, but that actually may have been the worst performance. Probably KU was, but still, you get the point. I mean, it was horrible for almost half of the Big 12 on Saturday. Now, Texas, Kansas State, and Kansas, admittedly, may be the teams that finish at the bottom of this conference anyway, but still, you can't have the bottom of your conference losing convincingly to the Sun Belt, and and that's what happened. That's what happened. 
So I'm, I'm watching this unfold on Saturday, and I'm just beside myself because it's not just bad, by the way, for those teams. You know what this is now bad for? This is bad for Oklahoma, bad for Texas, and it's bad for Oklahoma State. Those teams that view themselves as Big 12 contenders and possibly college football playoff contenders. Because now it feels like OU, or any of these teams for that matter, can't drop a game. Now, I, I still feel like the Big 12's got a good shot at making the playoff just because it's such a weird college football season, right? With everything going on, no Pac-12, everything else. But with that being said, I, you certainly can't lose two games in this conference and expect to make the college football playoff. You just can't do it. And when you only have one week of non-conference games and one non-conference game to kind of prove yourself to other conferences and you've got three Sunbelt losses on the resume, that's not a good look. You know, typically you have three non-conference games. Uh, the Big 12 does at least. Then you got the nine conference games and you got some premier matchups and you can start to feel, you know, who is a competitor, who's got a real shot, who doesn't, who's looking good, who's not. You can do all that in a three-game non-conference schedule. With one game, you got one shot, and the Big 12 just went 0-3 against the Sun Belt. And now for OU, you got to be like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I guess OU could lose a game to Texas and then come back and beat Texas in the Big 12 title game, which is what they did a couple of years ago, and still make the college football playoff, right? And Texas could probably do the same in reverse, where you lose to OU in the regular season, you come back, you beat them in the college football or the Big 12 championship game, and away you go to the college football playoff. And like Oklahoma State could lose Bedlam and then go win the Big 12 title game or could lose the Texas game and, and go win the Big 12 title game. And with one loss, they've got a shot. But last week I was telling you, I thought that the Big 12 could have, you know, three or four teams finish seven and two in conference play. And suddenly you've got tiebreakers involved to make the Big 12 championship game. And then maybe on top of that, you've got a situation where a two-loss team can make the college football playoff because of the bizarre nature of this season. I think that's out the window. I don't see how the Big 12 finds itself in a position where it's going to have a two-loss team in the college football playoff based on what we saw from the competition here in week one. And that's what hurts the rest of the conference. It hurts OU, it hurts Texas, it hurts Oklahoma State when Kansas State and Iowa State and Kansas are losing to Sunbelt teams and Texas Tech is barely getting by an FCS opponent. It's just not good. That's why I, I you know, I see some mockery sometimes from uh, Big 12 fans of certain teams, and I'm not calling out one fan base over the other. Every fan base does it when, you know, somebody else in the conference has a tough non-conference loss or a bad non-conference loss. It's like, you don't get it. That's not good for you. Okay, that is not good for you either. And you should not want to look at it that way because you can't win coming out of this thing. You can't. And that should not uh, be overstated. That should not be overlooked as the season rolls along, especially in the weird season that we find ourselves in here in, uh, in 2020. Very bizarre. So a quick look now as we go into the uh, Big 12 power rankings following week one. Of course, everybody did not play. Uh, Oklahoma State's playing this weekend after its Tulsa game was postponed. You've got TCU's game against SMU. That was pushed back because of COVID at TCU. And then also Baylor's game um, was postponed against Louisiana Tech due to COVID. They will play Houston this weekend. 
our Big 12 power rankings look like this. OU at number one. Uh, no reason to believe they should not be in that top spot. Uh, Spencer Rattler was throwing dimes, man. Uh, kid looked good. Redshirt freshman. I know it's Missouri State, but the kid looked good. 31 zip after the first quarter. I mean, it was just money uh, for the Sooners. So no reason to not have OU at number one. Texas, I've got up to number two. I had them at three last week, and, and that's uh, because they actually played. And they dominated UTEP, and uh, you know what? Both coordinators, new coordinators, Chris Ash on defense, Mike Yurcich, of course, formerly of Oklahoma State and Ohio State on offense, and away you go. So I moved Texas up to two. Oklahoma State, idle last week. I'm putting them at three. Uh, if they blow out Tulsa this week, could be a different story as well. I change these on a week-by-week basis. It's how you look in that given week, not just simply how you play the entire season. At four, I've got the Baylor Bears. Also didn't play last week, but here's the thing. I went back and forth between Baylor and West Virginia at four. I know West Virginia dominated Eastern Kentucky, but I have West Virginia at five just because Eastern Kentucky is terrible. Eastern Kentucky lost to Marshall two weeks ago, 59-0. West Virginia beat them 56-10. So I'm encouraged by the Mountaineers. Uh, You know, they had two 100-yard rushers and Letty Brown and Alex Singfield. They didn't have a single 100-yard rusher last year in a game. But still, it's Eastern Kentucky. I can't get carried away. Baylor last year coming off a Big 12 title appearance. I've got Baylor at four, West Virginia at five. TCU, who did not play, is at six. And you know what? Not playing in the Big 12 last week uh, may have been the best thing for you with how last week went. So TCU is six. Then I've got Texas Tech at seven. And I wrote this piece on Monday at heartlandcollegesports.com, and and I kind of regretted it a little bit because even in a win, Texas Tech, I mean, a two-point win over an FCS team is uh, arguably worse than losing on a late score to a Sunbelt team. I'm just saying. But you know what? Tech got the win. I put them at seven. Got to clean up those penalties. 13 penalties, giving up 600 yards of offense to an FCS team. That's horrible by Tech. Kansas State at eight in the power rankings after the Arkansas State loss. Just a, a, a tough, tough day. I know the K-State uh, program had a lot of players missing, but so did Arkansas State. The bright spot, Deuce Vaughn at running back. Iowa State at nine after just a blowout defeat. The offense was stagnant. And Matt Campbell's got to take a little bit of heat for these slow starts year after year for Iowa State. I mean, I know they come on strong in October, but he's got to get this program off to a better start in September. The season still counts in September. And then at 10, I've got the uh, Kansas Jayhawks. And and based on what I saw on Saturday, I'll, I'll say this about KU. Based on what I saw on Saturday, how is this team going to win a game? I, I mean, honestly, like there, there's no more. You, now you've got conference play. I don't see how this team is going to win a game. I, God bless Les Miles. Boy, he's got his hands full. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site covering the entire Big 12. Next. Some OU fans are getting a little out of hand. All right, we got to reel them back in. We'll tell you why coming up next. Hey, guys, Pete Mundo here, and we've got two Big 12 games this weekend. I'll give you my picks and previews here coming up, Oklahoma State and Tulsa, Baylor-Houston. And right now, go get in your deposits at mybookie.com where you can get a 100% first-time sign-up bonus. So you sign up at mybookie, you use the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, And you help Heartland College Sports in the process, by the way. Putting on the podcast, helping the website grow. 
And then you can bet on the Big 12 action this weekend, and you get that 100% bonus right away. It's not like you have to unlock it or any of that BS. You just get the free money. So you put up, put in up to $1,000, and you get that money matched in free play. It's an awesome, awesome deal. MyBookie.com promo code Big 12. That's big one, too. They've also got a super contest, which is picking five NFL games against the spread each week to have a chance at $100,000 guaranteed in cash prizes. So make your picks, win big, collect that cash, use our promo code Big 12, Big 1, 2, and double your first deposit now. It's a no-brainer. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. So here is my message to the fans of the Oklahoma Sooners. Be careful what you wish for. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you as uh, we get ready for another week of football. I love it. I love it. But what I don't love is the continuing uh, complaining by some OU fans about the Big 12 Conference. So after OU, you know, took care of business last week, but of course some terrible losses by other Big 12 teams that we've been talking about throughout the show here. You know, the Iowa State lost to Louisiana. K-State blew a lead to Arkansas State. KU fell to Coastal Carolina. Tech barely beat Houston Baptist. You know, it was embarrassing for the Big 12. It was an embarrassing start for the conference last week. But... OU fans are blowing me up on Twitter and social media being like, I can't wait to leave this conference. I'm so over the Big 12. We got to get out of here. And I'm thinking, why? Why do you want to get out? Genuinely, why do you want to leave the conference? This conference has not prevented you from making a college football playoff. In fact, you've been making it several times. You just can't get over the hump to a national championship game. But the Big 12 is not preventing OU from... Getting to a college football playoff, which ultimately is the goal, and then then you roll the dice from there. But the OU fans just blowing me up, saying, we got to go, SEC, Big Ten. I'd ask, why? Let's go through this together. If the Sooners go to the SEC West, right, because that's where they'd go. They wouldn't go to the East. You want to have the Sooners in the SEC West against LSU, Alabama, Auburn. You want to do that? Where if you make the SEC championship game, which is going to be tough to do, then you got to beat a Georgia or a Florida, and then maybe you get to a college football playoff. I mean, you would at that point, but still, you want to have to get over that hump every year when you've won the Big 12 five years in a row? I promise you, the Sooners the past five years would not have won the SEC five years in a row. They would not have done it. No way, no how. Hell of a team would not have won the SEC five years in a row. You know why I know that? Because nobody in the SEC, Nick Saban hasn't won the SEC five years in a row. Ed Orgeron hasn't won the SEC five years in a row. All right? I don't think the SEC, I mean, I'm not an SEC fanboy. Anybody listening to this show knows that. I I actually believe that outside of the top couple of teams, it's overrated as an entire conference. But still, the top of the conference is incredibly strong. So an OU fan is thinking, okay, I've got a conference that I am in control of. And I am going to go to the SEC where if I win my division every couple of years, that'll be impressive. Then I got to go win a conference title game on top of it. Why would you do that? And then even behind the scenes, you're going to have to deal with, uh, you know, a lot of other 
big egos and powerhouses at the decision-making table in the SEC. OU's not going to walk into the SEC and be like, all right, Alabama, all right, LSU, all right, Florida, all right, Georgia, here's how this goes. We're OU. Uh, No, it's not how it goes, all right? That's not how it's going to go. But right now, in the Big 12, you're top dog. It's you. It's Texas. You guys call the shots. Everybody else falls in line. Everybody deep down knows that they fall in line. And away you go. Uh, That's how the conference operates. And other teams in the Big 12, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Kansas State, they may not like that, but let's be honest. The Big 12 is is contingent on OU and Texas being happy and wanting to have the conference exist. Without those two teams, there is no Big 12. Everybody knows it. You don't have to like it if you're a fan of another Big 12 team, but everybody knows it. And politics are a big part of what's at play here. No doubt in my mind. It was the deal 10 years ago. You had politicians and governors and everything else getting involved. In that realignment, and the same thing would happen again. And I don't think the Big 12 is on thin ice by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's a very healthy conference. I think the conference is the healthiest it's been in terms of camaraderie, in terms of, you know, 10 schools being on the same page. I think it's the healthiest it's been in arguably 15 years. You know, all the conference realignment nonsense that started 10, 11, 12 years ago now, uh, it didn't really get settled down until five years ago. And now you've had five years of kind of rebuilding this conference and rebranding this conference as is. I think it's in great shape. But we all know that it's contingent on OU in Texas. And then the other conference that gets talked about by OU fans, at least, is the Big Ten. And same thing. You think that OU is going to just stomp into the Big Ten and be like, all right, boys, we're here. We're the Sooners. Ohio State, Michigan, you listen to us, guys. No, that's not happening. All right, don't kid yourself. It's not happening. A lot of big egos at that table, too. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, uh, the list goes on. Nebraska, hey, come on. You're no longer one of two teams running the show. You are now one of anywhere from five to six teams that has a loud voice at the table running the show. So that's that's the deal uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. So any OU fan that's complaining and moaning about the Big 12, just stop. You got a conference that you're in control of right now. It's your conference still proven otherwise on the field. And uh, while it wasn't a good start for the Big 12, I think the respect for the Big 12 is still, I, I, I get I'm biased, but I think it's third behind the SEC and the Big 10. Some might say the ACC, but the ACC is carried by one team. That's Clemson. That's it. There's not the depth behind them. And you can say, OU carries the Big 12, which it does to a degree. But the depth behind OU in the Big 12, I believe, is deeper than the depth behind Clemson and the ACC. So that's that's where that's at right now. So OU fans, just pump the brakes, all right? I mean, you got yourself in fine shape. Um, I do worry, as I noted earlier, that possibly a 10-1 finish for OU or anybody in the Big 12 may not be enough uh, for the college football playoff, depending on what happens here with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and whatnot, depending on whether or not they're going to have a legit chance to make the college football playoff based on what they decide to do. But still, uh, the non-conference week did bother me, but it's not reason to believe that OU should bail, okay? It's not. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, heartlandcollegesports.com is the site. Thanks so much for joining us and being here. Uh, Matt Campbell, a lot of talk about Matt Campbell this week, Iowa State head coach, after a terrible loss 
uh, to Louisiana this past week that we talked about. But an interesting proposition has come up, basically wondering whether or not we've overrated Matt Campbell to a degree. So in 2017, Iowa State went to Norman and beat the Sooners. Huge upset. Uh, you know, I'll never forget where I was watching that game. I was at a wedding in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, wait, Iowa State, who was a 37-point underdog in that game, I believe it was, 37-point underdog, goes into Norman and beats the Oklahoma Sooners. Unbelievable. With a guy quarterback nobody had ever heard of before in Kyle Kemp. All right, so uh, just a crazy day. Then they beat TCU. I was in Austin, Texas for that game, actually, when Iowa State beat TCU, also a top-five team. And, and since then, we've said, oh, man, next year's the year. Iowa State's going to break through. It's going to be great. And it hasn't happened. Just it hasn't happened for Matt Campbell. And a lot of you give me a hard time because you're going to say I'm always high in Iowa State. And I have been the past two years. Last year, I picked them to reach the Big 12 championship game. I was wrong there. This year, I did not. This year, I had um, or I have OU and Oklahoma State. Bedlam rematch in the Big 12 title game. But I thought Iowa State would finish fourth behind OU, Oklahoma State, Texas. So, I, I mean, I don't know if that's overbuying Iowa State. I feel like I learned my lesson from last year. But either way, I get a lot of flack. I think that Brock Purdy, I said it before the season, uh, best quarterback in the Big 12. And certainly that looks like a horrible prediction after week one. You can't beat Louisiana. I know you got your best uh, tight end option, Charlie Kohler, is out of the game. But still, people are talking about this guy being a first-round NFL draft pick. You can't beat Louisiana without your number one target? Uh, so, you know, I'm guilty as charged on that front. And here's the thing for Matt Campbell that I think is a very fair question to ask. If not now, when do you get over the hump with this Iowa State team? Now, the fact that we're even having this conversation is uh, a testament to what he's built in Ames. But with that being said, you've got a guy that people are talking about being a first-round draft pick. And also, Charlie Kohler, their tight end, is talked about as a first-round draft pick. If you've got two first-round draft picks at Iowa State, you got to be a contender. And you got that running back in Brees Hall who's a stud and a really good defense. The pieces are there. If not, now when? I think that's a fair question to be asking right now for Matt Campbell. And there should be pressure this year. You know, you've done a great job getting to this point with the program, but success does breed expectations and does breed more pressure. And you know what? That's okay. But that should be there right now for Matt Campbell and this program. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And uh, coming up next, picks, previews for the Big 12 action this weekend. Don't miss it. Coming up. Well, let's dive into it with two Big 12 games on the schedule this week and give you a preview and a prediction for both of them. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And, you know, when the season uh, was announced in August, the revamped season, this was supposed to be a bye week for the whole Big 12. But obviously, COVID has thrown that whole thing for a loop. So uh, what we have this weekend is two games, Oklahoma State taking on Tulsa, and then we've got Baylor playing Houston. Oklahoma State's game was pushed back from last week because of COVID concerns uh, with Tulsa. And then Baylor uh, had its game canceled last week against Louisiana Tech because of COVID down there. And they rescheduled in just a couple of days' time. The Houston Cougars, the fighting Dana Holgerson. So 
Let's start off with Oklahoma State taking on Tulsa and this game, which will be played in Stillwater on Saturday with an 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN. So Oklahoma State had a very strange offseason. We all know about the drama with Mike Gundy, the T-shirt, all that stupid stuff. Uh, thankfully, football is here. Okay, football is here, and that's what matters. But it's the mental state of this team that I'm intrigued by. I, that, that's what I can't wait to see because we saw what happened after a weird offseason, Iowa State, Kansas State, and Kansas. And I'm sure that was brought up plenty in Stillwater this past week. But I want to see if these guys are just focused mentally because then they should win the game with ease. Like, Oklahoma State should roll through this game. It's not a question of talent. But I want to see how mentally prepared they seem to be, how much they play and, and fight for Gundy, which I hope is a lot, and then also new offensive coordinator Casey Dunn and how his play calling differs, if at all, from his predecessors. Those are all things I'm very interested in watching for Oklahoma State this weekend. Uh, you know, they've got majority of starters back on both sides of the ball. We know the stars now, Spencer Sanders. I want to see how healthy Tylen Wallace appears to be at wide receiver. Uh, what does that surgically repaired knee look like? And then, of course, Chuba Hubbard in the backfield should not be overlooked either. I uh, don't want to overlook him at all. Now, for Tulsa, this is a team that, that should not get overlooked. They got Zach Smith, at quarterback, former Baylor guy, sat out the 2018 season. Last year was solid. 3,200 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and he should be better this year. Uh, he's got a really good running back duo, by the way, Shamari Brooks and Corey Taylor. Both are seniors. Both are capable players, uh, and, and they can run the ball. So for Tulsa, the best defense is going to be a good offense, and that's just using your running game, trying to wear down the Oklahoma State D and keeping the offense on the field for long, sustained drives. I don't expect it to happen with any type of regularity, but don't overlook the fact that Tulsa ranks second in the nation behind Clemson in returning career rushing production. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on here. If there's a way for Tulsa to pull off the upset, that would be the way to do it. Keeping the Cowboys superstar weapons off the field and keeping that clock running. That being said, Oklahoma State, I think, is going to be fired up. I think they're going to learn from what happened last week. I think they want to put to bed any of the notion that they're not going to play hard this year, that the offseason was a distraction. And Oklahoma State rolls Tulsa by a final of 49-24. to 24. Oklahoma State on top of Tulsa. And then we've got Baylor and Houston. Dana Holgerson back in the Big 12. So Baylor, you know, returns Charlie Brewer at quarterback. The offense is, is not all that concerning to me for Baylor. John Lovett in the backfield, Treston Ebner. These guys are going to be A-OK. -okay. But the defense is very interesting uh, for Baylor. They only have two returning starters on defense in Raleigh Texada at quarterback and Terrell Bernard at linebacker. Both guys are real good, but only two starters back. Keep an eye on linebacker William Bradley King for Baylor. Transfer from Arkansas State. He'll take over the jack position for Baylor. Eight and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss last year. And uh, he could be one of those key guys on defense to step up under Dave Aranda their new head coach. And don't forget, Dave Aranda made his bones as a defensive-minded wizard during his time at the Power 5 level. Most recently, of course, the defensive coordinator for the LSU Tigers, the national champion LSU Tigers. So what Dave Aranda does with this defense is going to be really interesting to me on Saturday. And just seeing what he's been able to do in a limited offseason 
is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I hope it's a lot of fun to watch. Now, for Houston, they can score some points. Uh, we know that's going to be coming. They got a quarterback in Clayton Toon. Took over last season for Derek King. And Daniel Holgerson is the quarterback whisperer. We, of course, know that from his time with the West Virginia Mountaineers. But uh, now we got to see what he can do at the group of five level with a guy like uh, Clayton Toon. So, very interesting defensively for Houston. They got a lot of guys who sat out last year as transfers. So we'll see if this Houston defense has a little bit more oomph to it than what it's had the last couple of seasons. But still, it's going to be a work in progress on that side of the ball. So I think Baylor wins this one in a track meet, 35-28, to 28, closer than some people might expect. But I just believe this offseason has been so crazy, uh, so stop and go. New head coach at Baylor. I don't think they're going to uh, steamroll by any stretch of the imagination. But I do believe Baylor will come away with a pretty convincing win. You know, Houston throws on a late garbage touchdown or something like that. And the Bears win 35-28 over the Houston Cougars. So I got Oklahoma State taking care of Tulsa big. And then we've got uh, Baylor taking care of business against Houston. So there you have it. And don't forget about mybookie.com and use the promo code BIG12, BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. All right, you got it there. Uh, you're going to be in there. And you know what? You get your free money right out of the gates. No unlocking it. You just get it with the promo code BIG12 at mybookie. Guys, have a great week. Leave us that rating, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get a koozie, Heartland College Sports koozie, in the mail for you. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week.